in the face of John Collins. Super Bowl champions, Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. And now it's time for Swoop Radio with your host, Josh Sanchez. And welcome to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. I'm your host. For today's topics, as you guys see on the screen, we have the NBA All-Star snubs because we all know the NBA All-Star rosters. They were announced earlier this week. And I have a lot to in store and tell you guys with that regard. I'm also going to give you guys some mid-season awards, just some guys I really think that can really, um, like who's the MVP in the midway point of the season, who's the defensive player of the year, stuff like that. And then I'm also going to talk about Tiger Woods and his injury. So that's pretty much the rundown for today's podcast. And before we get started, you guys can tune in to the podcast all you have to do is search swoop radio on the web every friday at 12 p.m eastern time i pop right up and again just search swoop radio i'm on spotify apple podcast iHeartRadio, and you can also follow my socials at swoop radio underscore it's very easy easy pop up and uh yeah so for the first topic we got to get into the nba all-star snubs because Man, the, the rosters were announced, and I know last podcast I gave you guys my predictions. I was like, look, this is who I think's going to get in. And in the Western Conference, it was announced that Devin Booker is replacing Anthony Davis in the All-Star game. But let's be honest, he should have made the, the All-Star team regardless of regardless of being a replacement he should not have been the replacement he should have been a lock to get in he's averaging over 24 points five rebounds four assists and the phoenix suns are the four seed in the western conference it's not like they're like barely squeaking in and the argument for devin booker these past couple years that he's not gotten in is that is that oh my goodness the phoenix suns are not winning but now they're winning and they're still not he's still not getting his respect so between him and Damian Lillard those two guys are the most disrespected players around the league Damian Lillard has missed at least three all-star games that he should have made and now Devin Booker he officially makes his first but let's be honest he didn't get in he only got in because Anthony Davis got hurt and that's and that's no good. That's no bueno. So Devin Booker does can is in consideration for being an all-star snub. And in my opinion, he is the number one sub uh, snub of the all-star game. Even though I know he's getting in, I just wanted to mention him before I really get started with this topic because there's a lot of others that we need to talk about. Another snub in the Western Conference is Mike Conley. I mean, Mike Conley, he does not really have the eye-popping numbers. 
But the Utah Jazz are the number one seed in the Western Conference, and they are balling. And Kyle Lowry, not Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley, he's averaging over 16, 17 points and six assists per game. Like, that, that is solid, and that's definitely all-star worthy, but... He just really didn't have the numbers, but that's another guy that really got snubbed from the Jazz. And again, they're the number one seed. In the Eastern Conference, there was a lot of snubs. Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. I know the Heat have not been a playoff team, and I know Jimmy Butler has suffered through a lot of injuries. But why the heck did Nikola Vucevic get in over Bam Adebayo and Sabonis? Yes. Sabonis is also another snub in my opinion. Those two guys, I'll put them together. Bam and Sabonis. I mean, Vucevic, I get it. He's had some very good numbers. He's averaging over over the past month a ridiculous 30 points and 10 rebounds a night. That's definitely, he's definitely been balling. But the Magic stink. They're not a playoff team. They are 12 and 18 right now as we speak, or around there, 12 and 18, 13 and 18, somewhere around there. They are not good. They are not a good team at all. So like, yeah, he's posting up these numbers, but there's no, they're not getting W's. And we all know winning is a part of the game. You have to consider that. And especially when it comes to these all-star selections. And the fact that Nikola Vucevic got in over a Bam Adebayo who's been playing consistently for the Heat, and he's given the Heat around 16, 17 points a night. No, 20 points a night. My fault, guys. I was way off in that stat. 20 points a night, 9.5 rebounds, and 5.5 assists. And then also Sabonis has given the Pacers 21 and 10, 21, 10, and 5. And the Pacers and the Heat are, the I know the Heat are borderline, is a borderline playoff team. But like the Pacers are the number five seed in the Eastern Conference. And they didn't get a single all-star? Ridiculous. So like the Eastern Conference, there was a lot of snubs. Tobias Harris is another guy. Tobias Harris and Chris Middleton were both snubbed. Chris Middleton and Harris are both shooting 50-40-90, something that is rarely done. And I think what we're really starting to see, and especially in today's game, is a lot of people are like, okay, like these numbers are great because everyone's pulling up high, these high leverage numbers. Like Trey Young's another all-star that got snubbed. He was averaging 25 and nine a night, 25 points, nine assists. And he's a snub too. But it's, as I'm realizing with these votes, it's there's more to it than just putting up the numbers. And... Even though it, it honestly it doesn't make sense because even winning doesn't matter because then Vucevic is in. So it's like, what the heck are the NBA coaches doing? Are they really getting the best guys or, or are they struggling? So I have something for the all-star guys. So much pain. So much pain. It is absolutely ridiculous. How did Vucevic get in? Hmm. Still thinking. Hmm. How did Nikola Vucevic get in? <laughs> I don't get it. I, I mean, no disrespect. He, he is a baller. He is a two-time all-star. But the magic stink. 
I don't get it. Now, Zach Levine getting his first nod. I I should have mentioned his name in last week's podcast, but Zach Levine and Trey Young are sort of like, I'm fine with either of them getting in over the other. This year, Zach Levine has been more deserving, and the Bulls are a playoff team. Levine is giving the Bulls over 30 a night, so you got to put that in consideration. No disrespect to Trey Young, but I know that's where it came down to. And that's where it came down to. And you knew that the Sixers were going to get two All-Stars because they're the number one seed. I've never seen a number one seed only get one All-Star. Like, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. You got you to gotta factor the wins. So, Chris Middleton, Tobias Harris, two also snubs that did not get in. And it definitely sucks because I'm a big Sixers guy, but I knew either Simmons or Tobias would not have gotten in. My one question for Sixers fans is, and this will be a, and hopefully if you guys are listening to this, you guys can answer this. Would you guys, would you guys have rather seen Tobias Harris get in, or would you guys have would rather see Ben Simmons get in? Because the case for Ben Simmons, I'm, you know, guys, I'm a Ben Simmons guy. Yes, he does not have the jump shot, but he literally is number two in defensive player of the year voting. He's given the Sixers about 16 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, just like he normally does. So I don't really see why he's not, he should not have gotten in. I definitely think he deserves to get in and he should win defensive player of the year this year. Rudy Gobert, all he does is just stand there in the paint and block shots. I mean, Rudy Gobert cannot guard one through five. He literally got his ankles broken by LeBron James last night. And he's lucky LeBron missed a shot or would have been top 10 in Sports Center right now. So, like, I'm looking at it like Ben Simmons has that going for him. He is an all-defensive player. He is a borderline all-NBA player. He made 13 last year. He is a baller. And the coaches definitely respect his overall impact of the game. I mean, the Sixers are 1-3 or 2-4 without him this year. So, like, his impact definitely impacts the Sixers. And, I mean, and their two wins were against the Rockets and the Bulls. No disrespect to both of those teams, but Embiid had the advantage in both matchups. You don't see Ben Simmons missing against Toronto. We all know how bad that game would look out. So, those are some other snubs as well. So, so far, I've mentioned Trey Young, Bam Adebayo, Sabonis, Mike Conley, Devin Booker, even though he got in, but he shouldn't have been in as a borderline star. Chris Middleton, Tobias Harris. I'm trying to think of... Oh, yeah, and then for the Spurs, another guy, DeMar DeRozan. The Spurs right now are a playoff team, but DeMar DeRozan is not... He just didn't really score enough. He was scoring around 20 a night, and the Spurs, again, are winning, but... Sadly, basketball is a little bit of a popularity game, and that's why one of the reasons why I picked Zion Williamson to get in because not only does he have the numbers, but he is so just everyone talks about him, and, and everyone's been talking about him for the past three years now. He's on Sports Center every single night. Sports Center will probably have a segment of him pooping, and they'll be like, oh my goodness, he is the best. He's the best pooper of all time. Like, that's how SportsCenter gets with some of these players. It's a little bit disturbing. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not. It's very disturbing. 
but yeah like those are the main snubs though like demar Rosen, not enough credit the spurs are a playoff team he could have been their lone representative uh the the sixers with harris they could have the big three and i know tobias harris has voiced his opinions about how the league doesn't view them as a big three and i agree with the league in this one i love tobias harris but like what have you done you're finally balling this year and you're proving it but let's see let's see come playoff time if you are ready to ball and can you still give 20 a night in the playoffs i think he can yes i do i really think he can but i don't know it's it's gonna be tough it, it really is and if he shows up in the postseason without a doubt if the sixers are a top three seed next year the Sixers will have a big three and in other news with the Philadelphia 76ers because I will be live streaming tonight's game Kyle Lowry has officially announced that out of all the trade partners he would really like to go to Philadelphia so the Raptors are trying to trade Kyle Lowry the Raptors know that hey like we have a good solid team but we're not going to go anywhere we're not a finals contender and because Kyle Lowry brought them their first ever championship and he's a six-time all-star and he literally when you think of the Toronto Raptors he you can make a case for him being the best Toronto Raptor of all time Kyle Lowry wants to go to a contender right now and the, and his top three teams right now is Miami the Clippers and the Sixers and he said out of and he said out of those three teams he would prefer Philadelphia he is from Philly it would be great for him being that missing piece that can bring the Sixers a title in Philadelphia think about it you would have Kyle Lowry on either James Harden or Kyrie Ben Simmons on KD and Matisse Stiebel on either Harden or Kyrie not a lot of teams can say we have three guys that we're not gonna be able to stop them but we can make them uncomfortable and that's what the Sixers would bring if they get Kyle Lowry but we'll, we'll see we will see what happens I know the trade package for Kyle Lowry would be Tyrese Maxey two first and then I believe like Mike Scott Terrence Ferguson I know the Raptors probably won two assets but if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers I'm not giving up Matisse Stiebel his defense is too valuable for this team for him to go we need Matisse Thibel's defense the man is a beast on the defensive end he is I believe he's top five in steals he's top five in deflections and he only played in like 300 minutes this season it's ridiculous just look up his numbers it is absolutely ridiculous so if we can find a way to keep Shake Milton Harris and add Kyle Lowry without giving up Bible or I'm fine with giving up Maxi. I do love Maxi, but he would be great in Toronto. He'd be a great fit. And I believe he'll turn into the next Kyle Lowry for the Toronto Raptors, a guy that can really set up his teammates, attack the paint and hit some jump shots. And his defense is not that bad. Tyrese Maxi just needs some more playing time so that way he can develop his game more so that would be the trade package involving Kyle Lowry and uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers so for my first topic that does conclude my all-star snubs I know I went off a little bit of a tangent but again just some names 
that to throw out there. Bam Adebayo got snubbed. Devin Booker, even though he's playing in the All-Star game, should not have been the replacement. He got snubbed. Bam Adebayo, Sabonis, DeMar DeRozan, Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, Trey Young. These are just a lot of names that just got snubbed. Fred Van Fleet, another guy that got snubbed. I mean, it's very hard. Brandon Ingram got snubbed. So it's Gordon Hayward got snubbed. Like there's the list goes on and on. But I mean, there's only 12 spots in each in each roster. And I'm just happy that the Sixers got two stars. And I'm I'm excited. So we're going to quickly transition to the second topic, which is the midseason NBA awards. Again, I'm just going to give you guys my list on who's going to win Defensive Player of the Year, who's going to win Rookie of the Year, who is going to win MVP, and Sixth Man of the Year. So those are my nominations and also Coach of the Year. So I'll start with Coach of the Year, and it has to go with, it has to go to Quinn Snyder and the Utah Jazz, what he's done in Utah. Bombs away from the three-point line. Utah's averaging 17 threes a game. And they just had 28 two nights ago, a franchise record. And they also had 24 against the Lakers last night. Utah, man, they're scary. So Quinn Snyder is my coach of the year by far, by a landslide. No disrespect to Doc Rivers. What he's done is great. He's done a great job there in Philadelphia. But Quinn Snyder is my coach of the year. For my sixth man of the year, you got to go Jordan Clarkson. This award is is pretty much just a one-man show. I know in the beginning of the year, Shake Milton had a shot. My prediction was Shake Milton would be in the top three in the voting. I definitely think he will get to that point. He's definitely in the running, but it's clearly Jordan Clarkson. He's averaging over 18 points a night coming off the bench. He is the leading scorer coming off the bench this season, and he is an absolute bucket. He's shooting about 40% from deep. 50% around there from the from the line. I know he doesn't really shoot a lot of free throws, but the man is a walking bucket. He is a baller. And I got to go Jordan Clarkson as my sixth man. So Quinn Snyder, coach of the year. Um, for my sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson. My defensive player of the year. Dun, dun, dun. Got to go with Ben Simmons. Uh, I know Rudy Gobert has had the has had the better defensive efficiency rating and all that. But Ben Simmons can guard one through five. Rudy Gobert, I, no disrespect to Rudy Gobert, but he's not guarding anyone in the perimeter. He always gets his ankles broken when he goes up against an elite guard. And Ben Simmons has held all NBA players to low scoring games. And they're not all NBA players that are centers and that can just sit there and just paint protect and stop the rim and all that stuff. I'm talking about like all NBA players like Devin Booker. He really struggled against Ben Simmons this year. Um, I I know uh, his defense on Damian Lillard was just absolutely sensational. That second half, Damian Lillard shot two of 14 when guarded by Ben Simmons in the second half. So Ben Simmons is my defensive player of the year. He deserves it. He's had more statement games. Gobert, he's 7-2. I mean, Gobert definitely makes an impact defensively. And I mean, he's already won a defensive player of the year award. So I definitely think it's time 
for a new face, and his name is Ben Simmons being the Defensive Player of the Year award. And I know right now it's between him, Gobert, and uh, and Dort. I know Dort's in the conversation. They even have LeBron in the conversation. This year, a lot of his fans are just reaching. And then the next award. So, so far, Simmons, Defensive Player of the Year, Quinn Snyder, Coach of the Year, and Jordan Clarkson, Sixth Man of the Year. For most, for no, I'll do Rookie of the Year now. So, for Rookie of the Year, I got to go LaMelo Ball. He has been balling. And the Hornets right now are a a borderline playoff team. I was wrong about LaMelo Ball. I I was, and I'll admit it. I thought that LaMelo Ball was not going to be that good. I I thought that he would make his teammates better. But I was not expecting his shooting to be so good already coming out of the gates. I thought that his shooting would be similar to Lonzo's path. Because I definitely think he is better than Lonzo. He, him and Lonzo both play similar games, but LaMelo has that aggression that Lonzo does not have and that Lonzo is still trying to figure out and learn. That's the difference between the two brothers. So I definitely thought that LaMelo would have about six assists a night, but I was not expecting him to drop at least 16 a game. He has really been proving me wrong there, and he's already had, he's the youngest to record a triple-double this year. He deserves it. LaMelo is my mid-season rookie of the year. And I'm quite frankly, it's not even close in my opinion. LaMelo has shocked the whole NBA. He's made the Hornets better. And and if the Hornets find a way to make the playoffs, regardless if it's an eight seed, man, my props to you, LaMelo Ball. You've earned my respect. You have shut me up. I will give you your props for that. Now I'm thinking for most improved player, I'm not really going to get into that because it's midseason. I want to see everyone else really get going, and I really want to see what's going to happen in the second half. So I'll just go right to my midseason MVP. Drum roll, please. It's got to be Joel Embiid, as I am. Oh, no, wrong one. Nope. <laughs> Joel Embiid is my midseason MVP. Yes, and I know I got this weird music going on. I got to shout out to SpongeBob for that one. But yeah, so Joel Embiid is my midseason MVP. And I get it, he's missed six games. But when he has played, other than the Toronto Raptors, he has been balling. He's averaging more points and rebounds than Shaq and Giannis during their MVP year. Joel Embiid also leads the league in player efficiency rating. That is PER. That is the number one stat when you look at MVPs the past over the past decade. Everyone that has won MVP has had has been at least in the top three in PER. Joel Embiid's PER is over 30, which is Hall of Fame type level. So Joel Embiid is my midseason MVP. And for guys that are just tuning in, welcome to Swoop Radio. I already talked about the All-Star snubs. I got a, I talked about Tobias a little bit. I got really got into that. And right now I'm doing my mid-season NBA, NBA awards. So far, I got Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year, not even close. 
uh, Quinn, it's either Quinn or Dan Snyder. I apologize if I'm pronouncing his name wrong to win coach of the year for the Utah Jazz. I have Ben Simmons winning defensive player of the year. No disrespect to Rudy Gobert. And then my rookie of the year is LaMelo Ball. And my MVP is Joel Embiid. So those are my midseason awards. And I also really talked about the Kyle Lowry trade, man, because Kyle Lowry, in my opinion, is the missing piece that can get the Sixers over the hump and get them a title. Just look at the matchups. And I, and I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but I, this is important. This trade is huge for the Philadelphia 76ers. You get Kyle Lowry and you don't have to give up Thibel. You give up Maxi two first and maybe throw in like a Terrence Ferguson and and like uh, like a Mike Scott. That's a win. Because I mean, the Raptors will get two first. They'll get a, a future point guard and maxi to build around and then they also will get a good a good couple veterans in ferguson and mike scott that can really help them develop their team culture and stuff like that so um, it would be great and then for the sixers you would have kyle lowry ben simmons joel Embiid, tobias harris and like a seth curry coming off the bench Shake Milton coming off the bench that that's the missing piece that's all the sixers need is another ball handler that can shoot the rock, lead the team a little bit, put a little bit less pressure on Simmons to do it, and can also run the pick and rolls with Ben Simmons. So those are the topics that I've really gotten into so far. I'm going to conclude this first segment with some Sixers talk. I'm going to give you guys some main predictions with who, like, I'm going to go through each game and really think and say to you guys, like, if the Sixers are going to win or lose this game. So these are my predictions from here on out. So we're going to start because the Sixers schedule is definitely interesting. I know you guys can see that on there, but they start the, they, they start the second half against the Bulls and the Wizards. Both of those games should be wins, but I think they go one and one. I think they beat the Bulls, but I think the Wizards with Bradley Beal are sneaky and they have beaten a lot of elite teams. So I got the Wizards beating the Sixers there. But then the Sixers have a four-game homestand where they take on the Spurs, Knicks, Bucks, and Kings. I honestly think all four of those games are wins. So the Sixers start, I really think they come out of the gates firing after the All-Star break. They start 5-1, and one, and then they have a very tough, gruesome road trip, a seven-game road, no, six-game road trip. They take on the Knicks, they take on... The Warriors, they take on the Lakers, they take on the Clippers, Nuggets, and Cavs all on the road. And I think, I honestly think the Sixers go four and three, possibly five and two during that stretch. So, so far, the Sixers start out, they win five of their first six games out of the All-Star break. They're looking good. I think they beat the Knicks. The Knicks just, there's just, they just can't beat the Sixers for some reason. When the Sixers and Knicks play, it's sort of like how the Sixers and Rock and Raptors play. The Raptors always have the Sixers number. We always have the Knicks number. I don't know why, but that's just how it's always been. Sixers beat the Knicks on the road. They beat the Warriors on the road. I definitely think back-to-back, we can play really good defense on Curry. We match up well against them. We can have, we can put a thigh ball on Curry. We can put Simmons on Curry. And once you stop them, the rest of the team kind of 
kind of cancels it cancels themselves out then I think they lose to the Lakers it all depends on if AD's playing or not but if AD's playing Sixers lose to the Lakers I also have them losing to the Clippers so back-to-back losses on the road but then I have them coming back and beating the Nuggets and the Cavs so the Sixers go five and two right now right now I have them at ten and three out of the all-star break and the Timberwolves Grizzlies two easy wins so now they're 12 and three and they're at Boston Boston looks like a hot mess this year Sixers beat Boston now they're 13 and three Pelicans I have them losing to the Pelicans I just think with there's they're due to lose at least one of these games and uh, no disrespect to the Sixers but they have had their history of losing to teams that they should beat and I definitely think on the road they lose to the Pelicans so right now I have them at 13 and 4 they beat OKC 14 and 5 no 14 no, no, sorry 14 and 4 and they lose to the Mavericks 14 and 5 then they got the Nets at home that's a win 15 and 5 Clippers at home that's a win 16 and 5 Warriors at home that's another win 17 and 5 Phoenix Suns at home I definitely think the Sixers if there's if they're gonna lose one game I definitely think they'll they'll probably lose this game so I have them at 16 and 6 and they got the Bucks on the road I definitely think they split that so now they're 17 and 7 OKC at home that's a win the two Hawks games are wins so now I have them at 20 and seven. And then a, a three game road trip against the Spurs, I think they lose, so then they're 20 and eight. They beat the Bulls 21 and eight. No, they're not, they're, yeah, yeah, 21 and eight. Beat the Rockets 22 and eight. Beat the Pelicans and Pistons at home 24 and eight. Beat the Pacers, lose to Miami, so now they're 29 and nine. And then the two wins against the Magic. So I have the Sixers ending this all, coming back from the All Star break at 32 and nine, something around there, probably 31 and 10, 30, 32 and nine. Not bad. That's definitely one seed material. And now I'd put the Sixers right at around if and if they went out because I know I think they beat the Mavericks tonight easily. If they win out, if they find a way to win out this all-star coming into the all-star break, the Sixers will be at 25 and 11. And then adding 31 and 10, I would put them right there at about 37, 38 wins and 22 to 20 losses. That's a very solid season. That is a that is definitely in a shortened season. That is a NBA one seed material season and if they were to play those extra 10 games that would get them possibly to a 60 win season which is solid but you guys are listening to swoop radio with Josh Sanchez on twitch.tv anchor.fm spotify apple podcast I'm going to take a very quick five minute break we're going to conclude with some Tiger Woods talk and then also, I'll throw in a mix of what's going on around the league. So you guys listen to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. We will be right back.
friends, we are back. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the final segment of today's podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed and have been very entertained. So far, I've played a lot of SpongeBob sound effects as well. Um, I know you guys can all hear it and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm testing it out. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. So we got the cricket sound effect. Honestly, that's how I felt when the magic, when magic star Nikola Vucevic got picked. I was like, huh? What? So I got that button for you guys. Let's see what else I got. Got some ESPN talk right here. But yeah, so I mean, with that alert, with the main topic, back back to the main point of the podcast. So for this topic, I really wanted to talk about Tiger Woods because when I heard the news this week, like my my heart sunk because Tiger Woods is arguably one of the greatest athletes of all time and his impact with golf. I know me personally, I only watch golf when Tiger Woods is in it. I don't care about Phil Mickelson and... Well, who are some other guys? Roy McIlroy, even though he's been irrelevant for the past four years. Um, golf is just not the same without Tiger Woods. Now, no disrespect to Phil, Mil- Phil Mickelson. He's, he is one of the all-time greats as well, but he's not Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods has changed the complete game of golf. Golf is only relevant when Tiger Woods is relevant. Let's be honest. And when, and definitely in a couple years, once Tiger Woods recovers from all these injuries, which I will, I'm about to describe, he should definitely consider joining the senior tour, giving up the PGA tour. Him and Phil Mickelson, him and Phil Mickelson. Sorry, guys, I keep, I don't know why I'm stuttering on his name. Both of those guys, when they, because they're both of them are about to turn 50 soon. Both of them should retire from the PGA tour. And join the senior tour. And I bet you TV crews, camera crews, networks will follow them because those two guys and their impact on golf, there's no other. There's no other. What they've done the past 20 years, 20, 25 years for the game of golf is crazy. Golf is only relevant when Tiger Woods is relevant. And he's won. 15 majors. I know they really want him to get to 18. But with this injury, I just don't know how much pain he's going to have to he's going to continue to go through. He has had over four back surgeries, and we all know once your back is jacked up, it's very hard to overcome from that. He had the DUI in 2017. Again, in all the back surgeries, then he comes back and wins the Masters. Last year, around this time, well, 2019, sorry, 2019, I know it was around these past couple years, and it was recognized as one of the greatest comebacks, comeback stories in athlete history. And now, ever since he's won the Masters, he's had a couple close finishes. He's had two top five finishes. And... This injury is just a very freaky and unfortunate injury. He's definitely lucky to have his life. 
and definitely we're all lucky that he's still alive because if he were to pass away it would be a major tragedy a lot of people would be still talking about tiger woods for decades because of his overall impact for the game of golf so what tiger woods is going to have to overcome besides already a bad back his anchor his ankle was completely shattered so what happens is usually when you break a bone there's usually just about like one break but what's what tiger woods is going through there was multiple breaks there was multiple bone fractures and there was also bones coming out apparently coming out of his leg so when tiger woods had that crash because he and he wasn't even he was not charged of a dui he was not drinking he was not smoking he was just driving and and the crazy part is he was working i believe he was doing like a celebrity tour or he was doing something with a celebrity because him and him and Dwayne wade were paired up together and they were golfing together so literally just after that he is driving literally the next day he's driving in la and his car crashes and it was a huge crash his car is definitely destroyed and he now has multiple hairline fractures his tibula was broken his fibula was broken his whole leg was shot and there was a lot of pins and needles and screws they put everything in so now he had he had a successful surgery but to go but to overcome the trauma and to over not even the physical trauma the mental trauma as well because we all know when you break a body part, there's definitely still that mental factor to that where you think, oh goodness, like you'll randomly have these pains and and stuff because I mean, yes, it's fixed, but it's never the same as the original. So Tiger Woods, this recovery, it's probably gonna take him at least one and a half to two years to be fully recovered. And then for him to come back to the PGA tour and go up against the a lot of elite golfers it's it's going to be tough and he's 45 years old it it's it's going to be very tough for tiger woods but if there's one guy that can overcome all of that it is tiger woods i mean he's proved it you you don't have four back surgeries and win a masters after the age of 40 without getting some respect he earned a lot of people's respect on that on that last win when he won his fifth gold jacket tiger woods is one of those guys that can and has the ability to overcome these things but it's it's going to be hard like your whole leg you're gonna have to rehab pretty much your whole leg and i mean i don't want to throw names under the bus but one of my best friends broke his leg and he still talks about it to this day. Whenever he jumps, it's still a part of it's still on his mind a little bit. Sometimes he'll have random pains in his leg from it because again, just like I've been saying, once you break a body part, like yes, it can come back and it can be strong, but it's still ne- it's not going to be the same as it once was. It's just not. And you can put 50 million screws in. It still will take some time so that's just some of the things that tiger woods is gonna have to go through but he is great five-time masters champion 15 time he's won 15 major events and he's won over 85 career events that's most all time so he has the most wins out of any golfer in any pga tour event 
of all time. Now, I know he is behind by three majors in order to win the majors championships, but man, this is going to be tough because I, I, I really thought Tiger, once he won the Masters, I thought, okay, maybe he can go on a little run here and win a couple. And then all of a sudden, all oh, it comes down to the final one. But with, with this gruesome injury, it's going to take him a very long time for him to get back into form. And I, I'm, wish, I'm wishing for the best. I really am because he is an all-time great. He's right up there with Michael Jordan. He's right up there with Tom Brady. It's Serena Williams, Michael Phelps, all of them as a champion. One of the greatest athletes of all time in his prime. No one was beating him. And his overall impact for the game of golf. Everyone is playing golf now. Stephen Curry's playing golf. Dwayne Wade's playing golf. And it's all thanks to Tiger Woods and his impact in the game of golf. But what do you guys think? Again, you guys can feel free. Message, live chat, call into the station. If you guys are shy and talk, don't want to talk on the chat, you guys can message me on email. And also message me on social media at Swoop Radio underscore. This concludes today's podcast. I hope you guys had a great time and was definitely enjoyed. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the sound effects and everything. I'm still playing around with it. I'm trying to figure out what effects I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do. But if any, any for you guys that missed a, pod, if missed a live stream, the podcast will come out tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Just search Swoop Radio and I will pop right up. I hope you guys have a wonderful day out there. Stay safe. The weather has been great these past couple of days in the mid-Atlantic region, East Coast. And tune in tonight at 7 o'clock. I will be having a live stream. I'm going to live stream the Dallas Mavericks versus 76ers game on this same platform, twitch.tv. But stay safe, guys. This is Josh signing off. Swoop!